Tragedy strikes on Ferex. Luthen runs into the Empire. Mon Mothma is at a crossroads and more as the Sky Guys are back to recap episode 11 of Andor. All right, we are back here on the Sky, guys, getting ready for episode 11 of Andor. We only have one left after this week. It's been a very fun ride coming to an end. I'm one of your hosts, Mike Phillips. Joining me, as always, back after sabbatical last week. He escaped the prison last week. Pete Constantori is here. Pete, how are you? I did. I escaped. I can swim, so I'm here. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm doing well. I'm sorry I had to miss last week, guys, uh, um, but I'm excited to be back to talk about episode 11. Only one more episode left, so... Uh, excited to see how we we end things uh, here. I mean, technically, you were there because your voice was there, but you were not physically present. I was there. Yeah, no, I did. I did the voiceover, so I was there in spirit, if you will. Um, but yeah, I yeah. wasn't there physically for the for the actual show. Yeah, how, how'd you like the episode, real quick? Uh, the, yeah, last episode was, was good. It was really really good. Um, I can't remember what I rated. I think it's eight point five. I think I rated it, ranked it. Um, I thought it was really 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 good. I think this episode was a terrible follow up, in my opinion. But anyway, we'll, we'll get more into that later. Um, but yeah, it was, it was everything that I thought it would be. I think that the, the buildup to that prison break was, was appropriate. And I like that most of the episode was the prison break. So, um, I think they executed well. Yeah, absolutely. Here also with us today, as always, he is the supervisor of our ISB. Nick Friday is here. Nick, how are you <clears throat> doing? Well, um, so Pete, what did you think of our episode? I mean, you listened. I did not. I had a really, oh. <laughs> so I came unprepared. So uh, completely honest, wasn't able to, to listen to it. However, I know it was good because Sky Guy, come on, we're always good. Um, but uh, but I, I have, it's on my backlog of things I have to listen to slash watch and stuff like that. So I will be getting to it soon. Yeah, I think, I think we did a nice job. We had a good episode and hopefully we can have a nice conversation today. Yeah, shout out to Joe Simone. who came on last week, Phil Pete's chair on the podcast, had a great conversation here. And we are going to, Wrap up our season of guests here. We brought in the big closing guest here, coming in here from the Just and the Suffering podcast, the pop culture uh, party correspondent, Sandra Rose here. Sam, how are you? Uh, super excited and honored to be here. Yeah. Yeah. Glad to have you on here. You got the closing song here. You got a little narco going in the background here. So a lot of fun. And for those of you who are from the Just and the Suffering days, this was the original panel of the Mandalorian season two finale. So... A lot of fun back there, and Nick, sort of the backdoor pilot here for Sky Guys. Kinda, and it goes back further if you look at the feed. It goes to all your episodes that you did on JETS, and it includes your. Um, was it you, Pete, who did Rise of Skywalker with, or was it Stanko? It was both of them. Okay, because yeah. Pete, Pete did the preview. It's ah, okay. it's hard when Stanko's on the podcast. That's all you remember is Stanko. So it's you're like in his shadow, unfortunately, because he's just so damn good. Uh, but yeah, yeah. So anyway, like Pete was on there. He had this infamous prediction about Palpatine's Sith fleet. He did call that before the movie came out. So a lot of credit to UP. I still have it on the soundboard. I'll play that on another podcast. But before I'm gonna go to Sam real before we go to all the plugs here. So give for the Sky Guys audience who have not heard you yet here. You're a little bit of the Star Wars smack story here. And what do you think of Andor? So I came into Andor thinking nothing, to be completely honest with you. I uh, enjoyed Mandalorian season one, season two, you know, whatever. Uh, but uh, this one, I'm 
super surprised and super excited about. Uh, this is the first time that I've cared about characters I didn't really know, care about, known my entire life kind of deal. So, um, so far, so good. I give it a thumbs up. Uh, hopefully that will keep that way for the season finale next week. It will. Hopefully it does keep it up here. And Pete, people want to subscribe to what we're doing here on the Sky, guys. They're going to do that on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon, all the usual suspects. Just search for the Sky, guys, there. If you listen to us on the Justin and Suffering feed, you're going to wait a few days. So it's going to be out there on Saturday. But if you want to get it day after records, it'll be Thursday. Subscribe on Sky, guys. You got to do that. Yeah, like we say every week, if you're new to the podcast, you get a pass. We'll, we'll give you that pass. Say, okay, go and subscribe now afterwards. But if, if you've been listening and you haven't subscribed, at this point, it's just you're just kind of like screwing yourself, right? I mean, you need to be watching and listening, uh, you know, most up-to-date stuff. We are s- submitting this and, and making this live like right afterwards, day after, like you said. So don't wait for it. You don't need to. Yeah, I mean, last week, specifically, Pete, like like I turned it around super fast. I think we had it in, in the feed at 5 o'clock in the morning on Thursday. Yeah, yeah. what's what's going on? When I'm not on the podcast, we do it super quick. But when I am, it's like, ah, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, we'll throw it up. <laughs> what's, what's going on, Mike? Is there, is there something you got to tell me? Is there something I said? Like, I don't know. Nick said we had a great time without you last time. I mean, I don't know. This is, uh, am I getting kicked out? Is there something that needs to be discussed? Uh, yeah, we'll discuss off the air. Yeah, we'll take it offline. Okay, no okay. problem. And Nick, if people want to follow us on the Instagram, how can they do that? Well, they don't have a pass if they're new listeners. They go and you hit the button to follow, and it's at Sky Guys Podcast on Instagram. We're getting back into the meme world, and that's exciting stuff. I still want to see one of uh, Karn's mother. We haven't gotten that yet. Let me check the let me check the lab right now. Uh, there are none of her. No, none of her. I have three more waiting to post. All right, I still I still suggest Karn's mother. I think that's like she. I think she's gold. If I can think of one, or I'll be honest with you, if I can steal one. <laughs> all right, and Sam, if you want to check out the YouTube version, this is Mike Phillips on YouTube. They can see all of our fancy graphics and the props. I have Lego Ahsoka with us today as well because we're not getting any points in our character dress. So I might as well get Ahsoka a pop here on this. <laughs> Listen, that's how I catch up on all my Sky Guys podcasts is through YouTube. Yep, all the fun stuff here. And Nick, let's start with our Star Wars news. I got. I feel like there's a couple of interesting things this week. Four things, unless I'm missing something. I don't think I am. Um, the four things, I'll start with probably the least important of them. There is a, uh, what, I, I don't even know what it is. Zen, Grogu, and the Dust Bunnies? It's a sh- what is this? It's like some kind of short that Disney. A short, what is that? What is the, who are the Dust Bunnies? And what's Zen? I think it's this, I think it's just a, a story about Grogu told in animated short form. Okay. Yeah, well, it's three minutes. It's on Disney+. Plus. I, I guess it's like a little... Almost like a music video. I don't know. <laughs> and that's out if you want to watch that. Um, Spoiler alert, Pete. We're not covering that on Sky Guys. Damn shame. Yeah. <laughs> um, news number two is Tales of the Jedi. It was extremely well received by fans. And it's basically already confirmed that there's going to be a number two, if you will. So a season two pickup for Tales of the Jedi. It's not confirmed that there will be, but it's basically confirmed. And I think they might take a route, a route rather, of a Tales of the Sith kind of thing. Well, here's my... get some, maybe a Palpatine or a Maul or a Bane or something like that. Well, here's my first instant reaction to that. Yeah, baby, yeah! That's in there. And Sam, have you heard of the Tales of the Jedi? Yes, it is on my queue of shows to continue to watch after Andor. It's been a very busy time being an adult, which I'm sure all of us can agree upon. Yeah. 
I will say I'm I'm behind. I have one left. I watched the first five of the last couple of days here. They're pretty quick. You could probably do them all about like an hour, an hour and a half, and very, very well done. And I'm very exciting to see how they fit these things in. That's yeah. so exciting. All right. Speaking of your uh, your little voice set over thing you just did, Austin Powers. Someone yep. asked me today if Goldeneye was Austin Powers earlier. <laughs> I was I was very angry at that person. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no class. Two pieces of news left. Number three, I guess. I don't know. Andor, the show we are talking about, episodes one and two will be airing on ABC FX Freeform. I don't know the Freeform. I think that's, that used to be. I think ABC Family. I think now mm-hmm. it's okay. Uh, and Hulu. Somewhere between all of the the dates of a week from today or week from recording, the twenty third and the twenty seventh, so around the Thanksgiving holiday. So I probably should have done this one last because we're going to discuss this one a little bit. But all right, yeah. Um, yeah. that's big news. They're they're going to be on other platforms that are not Disney Plus. Personally, I think the reason is this show is extremely well received, and I don't think anyone's watching it. I know from I have multiple friends who consider themselves non-casual Star Wars fans who have not watched an episode. No one at my job has watched one episode of the show. I think it's because the show is so well received by critics and no one's watching it. They need more people to watch it. Yeah. So, Pete, I do think it's interesting here they're doing this. But my question would be, like, why are we not doing cutting this? We have all three of the premiere in there. I think like. We, we did the three-part premiere. One and two, like, was fine, but it kind of leaves you going, and eh, do I want to keep watching it? Three is one of sort of draws you in, says, I got to keep going. I, I think it's one of two things. Either the network said you get two weeks and that's it, right? I mean, that's that's just kind of like we have two weeks. of We have a window that we don't have any programming, so you can throw it on there. Does it matter uh, that they own the network, though? Well, that's the other thing, right? I think it, they have to be consistent with everything, right? I mean, Disney and Hulu is the same thing. I mean, they own Hulu. Um, the other properties, do they own the, the team? ABC, yeah. Yeah, it's all in okay. that family. Okay. And FX, yeah. And then Freeform, you said, I don't, I don't know what that is. So if they if they do, then that shouldn't be an issue. So I take that one back. However, um, maybe they're trying to see if it'll gain traction and you know, maybe it'll get people excited to go on Disney plus to watch the rest of the show, right? Hey, if you want to find out what happens to Andor, go on Disney plus watch episode three. Now it's streaming. Um, it might just be kind of like that, that uh, strategy of here's the first two. We gave you a little taste. You want to know what happens? Get on our app, subscribe to our app, you know, get Disney plus Hulu, all that kind of stuff. Um, I'm surprised more Disney plus stuff hasn't made its way over to Hulu. I'm surprised they haven't actually tried to merge the two into one interface. Um, because they've merged sports and ESPN with Hulu that way. I'm sure that's probably coming in the pipeline in the future, but I think it is in other countries. Yeah, maybe. So, I mean, it, I'm, I'm sure this is kind of like the first small step in many, many more collaborations between Hulu and Disney plus um, when it comes to what you can stream, and what you can't, but I, my only good guess just to kind of circle back on it is they're trying to get people to go to the app. So they'll say, we'll give you the first two. You have to get to go on Disney plus to watch the third and find out what happens. And then you get the rest of the series anyway. I mean, in theory, if you want to talk about why are the first two only there, why aren't all of them going to be on it? They own the networks, right? Yeah. Well, I get why they're only doing, I think just doing that first arc is a whole bit interesting. And Sam, I think it's also my opinion. I think it's a little bit of like, let's get some Emmy buzz going for this show here. Cause a lot of people haven't seen it as Nick, I think correctly points out here because they got turned off by Obi-Wan. They got turned off by Book of Boa Fett. Those shows are not landing here. This one has land, been landing very well with the critics and the people who are watching it, but I think he was so burned on those other shows that they wanted to give people a new audience a chance to look at this. Um, Definitely. I mean, I know for a fact that uh, if you purchase for $70 a month, you get YouTube or you get Hulu TV 
Disney Plus, ESPN Plus, and it's all circled together because they all own everything. Um, but I'm pretty sure that, you know, they're trying to definitely create that Emmy buzz. Um, honestly, like, I feel bad for your work there that nobody watches it because that's my work's point of topic every Wednesday is the and or talk and everything. Um, but like, I don't know. I feel like a lot of Star Wars fans are watching this show. Truth be told, I feel like I don't know. I just maybe the circles I run with, we're all talking about it. We're all talking about how good it is, how different characters there are. That's different than everything, especially right now. There's not a lot of good new programming going on. House of Dragons done. Um, Rings of Power is done. So this is like for the nerds, you know, your everyday nerd. This is what people are waiting for every week. Yeah, I think that's an interesting point here. And Nick, last piece of news. You said you got one more. Yeah, sorry, I was muted. Uh, Ryan Johnson said that making Star Wars was the highlight of his life, and he prays to be back there someday. I think that's proof that his trilogy is not happening, considering he's praying to be back there, meaning he's not back there, meaning he's elsewhere. So I think that there's just that's proof that it's just there's no talks of it, and it's kind of over for him. Yes, Sam, were you a big uh, Last Jedi person, or are you against that movie? Um, I'm not against it. I'm just not a huge fan. So. Yeah, I think the issue I have with that movie is just sort of like, it's a good movie on its own, but in the context of Star Wars, it doesn't land. I think that's my issue with it. Agreed. All right, let's get into this episode here. Episode number 11 here, The Daughter of Ferrix. We did bring Sam. He would not know the title was going to be Daughter of Ferrix when we invited her on the podcast this week here, but a little slower overall, P. I think, like you said here, this is sort of like, we had the big emotional prison escape last week. We had all that build up, and now we sort of had a cool down. We're sort of moving the chess pieces around the board to get set up for the finale next week. Yeah, I mean, look, it, it makes sense. Um, I've said before on this podcast, and I'll probably say it again when we talk about when we do like a show wrap up or something like that. Individually, each episode, unless you have action in, is not a strong episode. If you want to say like rank them each episode week to week, as a whole, the show is very strong in total. You know, I've been telling a lot of my friends who are Star Wars fans that are a little bit down on Andor saying, I don't care about the character. I tell them, just wait till the whole season comes out and then binge it. Don't wait week to week because you're just you're not going to be into it if you don't have to watch or you're not actually wanting to get that content. Um, but you're right. It's it's a slow setup episode. It's about like 40 minutes prior to credits, let's just say. So like a total of 46 minutes or something like that. Um and, it, and it, it sets a lot up, right? And, and it's it's good for what it is. Not a lot happens, but it it kind of makes you, I guess, prepared for what's to come in the finale. Um, and just hopefully they deliver. Right? They, the the one thing I I hated about the the first or second excuse me the second arc was that there was this huge buildup for like an eh kind of moment um, with the um, the Aldani situation. So let's let's hope this finale really hits hard. Yeah, Nick, you know, I think we should start with Cassie today. I mean, we do sort of end as, as with him coming out of the prison. We do see, like, surprisingly light on Cassie this week. I mean, he didn't do a ton in this episode. No, he didn't. Uh, he, I guess, was still escaping, kind of. Yeah, I mean, we see, like... He... Seems like you only... It seems like, sorry, it seems like you're only picking up on him maybe, what, Five an hour or two later? Yeah, basically. As I was gonna say, he's maybe, is he in, like, six minutes of the episode total? Yeah, probably. I think he's like maybe not much more than that. 
not much more, but yeah, him and they're you first see them on the mountain, and then what's that? Probably an hour after they were swimming. Yeah, I mean they're ducking the still the the, uh, the the fighters trying to avoid getting caught again. And I know is you're the cameo guy. Did you happen to catch like who when they were running and they were into these alien guys who catch them in the net? No. No, I actually have an Easter egg on you. I'm surprised. Tell me. Yeah, so one of the guys that's in like, in there, we find out, I did my research, and it's not something I caught first glance, that he's another one of Saw Gerrera's partisans. He's not with the group yet, but apparently he's like the big guy of cybernetics. He's out, He's in the group in Rogue One. What, what do you mean who catches them? Didn't but it, the two aliens catch them? The two aliens who catch them. One of them is one of uh, Saw's guys later on. Oh, okay. Really? Yeah. I, that see it didn't pick up on that one. Yeah, it's a fun fun Easter egg here. And Sam, I did like this scene. My problem was I was so hard to understand what these guys were saying because, like, I get the audience dialect. Like this one, I was so tempted to throw the subtitles on just to try and figure out what they were talking about. Well, yes, I also have my subtitles on like twenty four seven because I'm Same. old and can't you know hear anything apparently anymore. Um, but like, I like that this show has all different types of languages. I feel like we don't. I know we get a whole bunch of different Star Wars languages, but from the beginning, we've had like all different types coming from all different types of, you know, people, you know, aliens, whatever creatures. Um, I I didn't really bother me too much. They weren't even in it for that long. It was like really cool to be like, they're like, you know, screw the, like screw the empire. Like, let's go like jump on my ship. Let's get out of here. Like, I thought that was hilarious. I thought that was, it was funny for sure here. I also give you credit because you told me you were off the air with the one who told me, but when we talk back to the premiere, talk about how like, when Cassie was a kid, how like the plan he didn't hear get any sort of like like subtitles talking about what they were saying. You point out, you know, it's a lost language. It makes sense to me. People in the universe don't know what it says. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the writers and you know of everything on the show are way smarter than um, than they let on. So, Pete, what did you think of what ha- of the roundup at the meeting here at these two aliens, where like they sort of get caught in these nets and they sort of talk their way out of uh, him and Elsie talk their way out of getting caught by these guys and just trade back to the Empire. Uh, I think it was an easy way to have them get on a ship personally. Um, I don't think the, I don't think this was like a, and I don't think this is going to be a huge deal. I don't think we're probably going to have anything to do with those aliens ever again, other than that one guy who, who, you know, turns into one of, uh, saws partners in crime, right. Or part of his group. I, I think the writers were looking for, how do we get them off the planet? as quickly as possible in an episode and that that was it we'll have some some random strangers just kind of scoping out the area they'll bond over something they'll give them a ride and that's it yeah they do get a ride over to uh space miami as nick d'alessio called it here they go back to niamos to enter his credits here and nick did i catch this wrong was like did one of the aliens that like that flew over there did he like hook up with somebody and cassie was like sneaking around them to get his credits i took that as a different alien does it so somebody else in the room? You think? As almost as if I don't know. Is it, is it a hotel room? You think? I don't know. Like he, always, he sneaking. Or around. is it? Or was it an apartment that he maybe rented or something? And then I guess someone else is renting, and they just never looked above the shower. Yeah. But it does make sense. Something that you know, you you mentioned the little Easter egg of them being Saul Guerrero's partisan, the guy. And I guess that makes sense as to why he helps him out. Yeah. Because he sees like, oh, you're with the Empire, you know. I don't like the Empire, so let's do this. But before I knew it was Saw's guy, I'm like, why is this random guy helping them? He's probably doing pretty well in the Empire. Why would he be against the Empire? But that's good to know that if it's one of Saw Guerrero's guys in the future, he probably hates the Empire. But I took that, what your point is, as a random, I'm going to call it a uh, hotel room. 
just for sake of argument, and it looked like somebody else was staying in the room, and I guess he still had his room key, and he snuck in. Sam, this is, like, very poor hotel security and maintenance. That, like, they not only, like, this guy's key still works for, like, six months after he gets arrested. And, like, <laughs> nobody went in the room, like, when it looked above the shower. So there's a case here. We just get rid of this case. Yeah, like Pete was saying earlier, it's, like, a very uh, wrap-up yeah. episode to yeah. get to next week. That's what, that's all I feel like I can make excuses for. Yeah. I do think we, the casting storyline is the end of the episode as well. So I'm going to save the end of it because I think the last shot's worth discussing on its own here. Let's go to, uh... Barracks a little bit here because, uh, Pete, we do have a tragedy here. Marva ha Andor has passed away. She she died off screen in between episodes. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I feel like with the character built up that much for her to just die off screen with nothing else going on around her character just seems very awkward and also almost a little bit rushed, right? Like maybe she should have, I don't know, maybe they should have had the, the character pass away in the finale, maybe to kind of wrap everything up and show the inner conflict with Cassian and, and what's going on with, you know, Saw Grey and then just kind of like wrap it up for the next season. Um, I get why they did it. Um, to both me and Sam's point, it's like they have to kind of wrap it up and get to the funeral, I think, for the last episode. And that's why they did it. It's just very odd to me that in between episodes, it's like, oh, yep, she passed. Like, oh, oh OK, cool. Um, not cool. You don't want to see it in my past, but like, it was just very, like, very abrupt, very rushed. And I didn't think it needed to be. Yeah. And this is sort of the plot device sort of drives a lot of the actors. I mean, we see Cinta basically watching this situation. She sees what's happening. She's like telling people what's going on with this. She both clearly relays the bell. The ISB agent who's there relays it to headquarters, and Dedra is told about what's going on here. And Nick. I'll give a lot of credit to Brasso too, who like is basically the last person standing in that in that group circle of friends because Bix is arrested and Cassian's off planet. So good job by him to sort of like take care of Mars last bears and take care of the droid. Yes, definitely. I have a theory that the droid's conscious is going to become K2SO, but we will see. Um, the Peric stuff, I find it weird that they killed her off screen. I find it really odd. I thought it was really surprising. I thought it was like, oh, she died, but it meant like she's dying, and then we were going to kind of see it in a way. Well, that'd be pretty dark, but um, I was surprised. It seemed like it was a big plot point. We went over this last week. We were like, oh, I don't think he cares so much, and you were like, he does care, because blah, blah, and blah, and you like said like why he cares so much, and then I'm like, oh, I guess he's right. Maybe it is a really important character, but I guess not, because they kill her off screen. I don't know if it's more issue the value of the actress because maybe like they only have a certain number of days on set where they couldn't like get her to like stay much longer. Maybe, maybe not. But um, interesting, they're setting up a trap. That's cool. I mean, no, I guess we know what next episode is going to be. It's spring the trap. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, and I want to go to Sam about the droid here because I do think it was cool. We get a lot of we get like a cool shot of like seeing like the inside of B2, B2 emo sort of processing what's going on around him. And then Brasso checks back on them later and says, Oh, you come back to my place. Like, can you stay? Can we stay here one night? He's like, cause he's just so depressed about it. Like, this is something we never really see out of a droid. That was really cool. It gives us emotion from him. I mean, like I'm low key. Like I did not expect the droid to be my favorite character. Like ever. I was like, like low key crying, like while eating my dinner and getting ready for <laughs> our lovely podcast here. But, um, Geez, they like really put a good amount of like caring 
he's just like a very simple old droid and it's just like you care about him so much and I was telling Mike before you guys hopped on I was like I was like low-key tearing up embarrassingly so like I don't know what it is about him but I'm hoping that B continues on for the rest of the series or he's gonna have some like crazy like angelic arc like flying to the sun kind of deal but yeah my sort of theory with this series is like sort of like he is sort of like the family dog and like it's sort of like we would see what happened like if the dog is around and the human dies and we see the dog's point of view i think it's what we're getting with b2 e- b2 emo yeah the fact that like he's just worried about like what's going to happen to him and then he just doesn't understand also that's an excellent point about yeah. like a family pet not knowing what happens to the owner yeah yeah, that's for sure here. And Pete, we also see a little bit here that, like, the ISB agent calls into Dedra. Apparently, like, there's the, the ritual on, on uh, Farrix is that, like, you basically get, like, you get, like, cremated and then, like, compost into a brick and get put in a wall as part of the town. You part of the foundation of the town. And they expect Dedra to sort of deny the permission to have the ceremony. They're like, yeah, you know what? Like, let them do it. We can't be complete assholes here. We're going to do- use to our advantage. We're going to limit this to, like, you know, an hour, a certain number of space, so we're going to see if we can draw uh, Cassian in here as a trap, so but I think this is a very smart strategy on Dedra's part. I have to say, out of all of the Star Wars things that are weird, making someone into a brick after they die <laughs> is probably the weirdest freaking thing I ever heard in my life. Yeah. Weirdest. And we're talking about a, a show based on movies about light swords and, and aliens and flying between galaxies. It's just a weird, just out there for me but um it's smart i i can't fault them on it i mean they're trying to 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 draw you know cassie and andor in in and say yeah have the ceremony make sure you know people don't do anything stupid too and and try to like box them in keep them confined we will have them surrounded kind of in a way um i, I don't know what they expect to do they haven't really the only plan that I know, and maybe I missed it, is that they're just going to confine them. There's really I don't know what they're looking for other than maybe Andor. Um, because they don't even know who the secret buyer is, right? They don't even know all any any information about anything, right? They're just kind of like working on leads and torturing people to see if they can get information. Um, so I, I I'm curious to see how they execute this show wise, you know, during the funeral, but I uh, I just I don't know where they're going with it. Yeah, Nick, I do think in terms of the torturing people aspect, we do get a little check-in on Bix, so we see that, like, she's a completely, like, wrecked by the uh, prison here, where, like, she's, like, completely, like, uncomposed, like, she looks like she has, like, been, like, dehydrated and not, like, barely getting any food, and then you basically see that, like, they're questioning her, they're still trying to figure out who Axis is, who, at this point, we know is Luthan, but they don't know that, and we see that they have, a, like, a, basically a shot of this rebel pilot up there, they're playing to, like, kill when he tries to go on a raid here, and... Krieger. Krieger, we don't get... Yeah, they ask her, is this is this Axis? And we don't get her answer. So, like, I think that was intentional, but, like, how do you think she ended up answering the question? You think she has said, yes, that's the guy to cover for Luthen, or you think she says, no, it's not the guy? Mm, it's a good question, because she might just say yes, because I just want to tell them what they want to hear. But at the same time, she might say no, because she's been tortured so much that she wants to... Does she know? I don't think she knows like what like and she probably just said yes because my, my second thought would have been she would say no because she doesn't want to tell them the wrong thing because she's been through enough already yeah but at the same time if she doesn't know she'll probably just say yes regardless because she's just like if i tell them what they want to hear they might leave me alone yeah say what you think about that scene do you have any sort of like takeaway from what she was going to do yeah um they said like what the 
the talking right before when you're like she's staring her heads at the wall or like if you're having a hard time like whatever I feel like it's like some sort of like serum or something um but I don't think she knows at all and I think that she's like really like desperate it was like a desperation kind of cry the kind of look was like I don't know like and depending I would think she would say like yes that's him because she's just very scared and desperate to get out uh, that's what I took away. I just think she's just like, doesn't know. And that was her crying, like, you know, internally, like saying like, I'm not never going to get out of this. Yeah. Plus, they did threaten that our friendly, our friendly uh, clinical torturer, Dr. Gorse could come back. She didn't give them a satisfying answer. Oh, great guy. Right. <laughs> great dude. Um, yeah, no, I, it, I think Sam hit the nail on the head. I think that's, that's literally just everything that we need to know about that character and pretty much what's going to happen maybe next episode. Um, and I, I think we'll see the doctor next episode. I think we're going to get a little bit of more of that. I think, um, we'll probably see the doctor next season. I don't think we're, we're ever going to get away from that character in my opinion. Um, but yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's a good scene. So season two pick up for Dr. Gorst. I, I think so. I think, I think he's the main character. No, I'm kidding. I, <laughs> just spin off. On, yeah, on, he's on, running the ISB next season. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just throw him in there. Um, but yeah, I think I think he comes back next season. I think this is some a character we're going to see, you know, until at least obviously season two of Andor. Anything else we missed here? I mean, Nick, he does the Daughters of Ferric sort of deal where they had the, the tradition to pick sort of like pick up Marva's body. I thought that was also pretty interesting. Like a little cultural look on that planet. Definitely interesting. Um, I guess every planet probably has some weird cultural thing in Star Wars, right? Maybe not every planet, but a lot of them. So nice to see. Um, so right after this scene, they, they started, so if you use the subtitles, which I do, on the bottom, it was like said, children saying this. And I'm like, what is going on? Is this a flashback? And then it went to Mon Mothma and I got upset, but I thought it was going to be another flashback and I got really excited. So you would only know what I'm talking about if you use the subtitles. Yeah. Well, I'm sure Sam saw it. Because, because the audio for the, 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 the next scene started before they changed the camera and it's so small that you can't hear it but it, it's there so that subtitles automatically pick it up. So I'm thinking we're about to get another flashback and see what, because I've been asking for that since, what was the flashback? The second episode? The first episode maybe even? We had the first three, we had some flashbacks, and we got the one where like Clem gets killed. That's the only other one we had after that. I thought we were going to see more flashbacks to this. We never really found out what was going on with that Confederate ship. Yeah. We never really found out. So I thought we were going to get more of that, but we did not. Clearly it's not important to the story here. I guess not. Yeah, we'll move on here to the Mon Mothma and Vel storyline. And Sam, we sort of start this off where Vel goes to Luthen's shop looking for Luthen. Clea is there. And I thought this is a very fun exchange where Vel is basically trying to relay the information that, like, hey, like, Luth- like uh, Mar- Marva Andor is dead. Cassie might be going back there. And Clea's like, hey, like, be careful here. We have protocols. Like, you got to follow the rules here. You're not following the rules. I thought it was very interesting to see how, like, Vel's getting frazzled and Clea's trying to keep a lid on things and Luthen's out of town. Yeah, it was a very big, like, power struggle i feel like um amongst the two uh it was very interesting because they're like you know like i don't know it was a very interesting dynamic between the two characters that i wasn't expecting this episode again i i low-key thought it was necessary but it went on too long yeah yeah i did think it going on a little long here uh p anything to add on that scene no i mean these <laughs> these scenes are so quick and 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 uh, honestly i like Sam said, it's just a little long, but uh, 
it was quick in the sense that not really much happens. We, we already knew that conflict, right? This is, this is not brand new information to us. It's just more like now we're going to bicker for another 10 minutes about it. And then we're still going to have the same result. So I, uh, yeah, I don't really, there's really not much more I could say. Yeah, absolutely. And then this does sort of lead Nick to, we get our one seat in Mon Mappa's house. You know, I have a dinner with Davo this week. We did get to see a, uh, more Boscus. Yeah. Yeah. Boscus still hanging out somewhere on the, uh, outer rim. Yeah, ch- might show up next week, but, we do see this di- this uh looks like some sort of like class presentation going on where like uh, Lita and a bunch of her friends are all like at the at the Mon Mothma apartment doing something and then we see like Vel comes over they're having a conversation about like and basically Mon Mothma lets her in and all the financial trouble she's in and basically sort of says oh explains the whole thing about oh I have like I was trying to move money then the Empire clamped down on me and now I'm four hundred thousand dollars credits short here and. I had to look at a solution and they cut back to Lita and he basically, she basically Vel puts together quickly that the solution my mom had to consider here is like setting up an arranged marriage for her daughter. And that was a very interesting turn here. We talked about this kind of setup last week. Yeah. looks like that'll probably happen now. Right. And um, maybe I missed it. Like I, I know what she's trying to do, obviously the rebellion, but like 400,000, let's just say dollars, 400, and it was credits, but 400,000, Dollars short of what? I think just covering her starting it like what? It was a down payment for something. It was covering the shortfall for the empires when they go through her books. They don't see oh like something is off here, and then they like arrest her. But she needs a certain amount of money for something. She said that they were something was sloppy was handled. There was four hundred thousand credits missing. Okay. Okay. So so it's missing money. It's not that she needs to buy something. No, she's short money. And like they're gonna say, where does money go? And they do. A, and they, they do Und, that understood. And, understood. And but he, as the banker guy, you should understand. Probably, like if somebody sees that much money missing, they probably just take a deeper dive into finance, and they wouldn't. Then she wouldn't like what they found. Understood. You you see the um. Sorry, I'm not another word I'm looking for. You see Mon Mothma's attitude rub off onto her daughter. Yeah. Where Mothma's whole stigma is that she's. Rebellious, right? Yeah. She's the leader of the rebellion. If not the leader, one of the leaders. I think we I think she's the actual leader, right? But um her daughter is all in this what what is what is she doing? Some sort of This is our school activity, it looked like. School activity, but it's from her old planet. What yeah. which is Ch- Chandrilla? Did yeah. I pronounce that right? Yeah. So Mon Mothma, if you, you know, we've been over this countless times, is so against the culture of her planet and everything that she's done in the last couple episodes, not drinking the worm, being completely against her her daughter being in the arranged marriage. She's completely against that culture. And I think her daughter is doing it just to be rebellious, which is exactly what Bob Mothma does, is be rebellious. Yeah, and Sam, I think it was an incredible acted scene from Genevieve O'Reilly here to his mom, Mommy. I mean, that last shot you see of like her like looking sad when like her daughter comes in and like Vel quickly goes to like distract her from the fact that Mon Mothma is like feeling like very guilty about what might be happening here. I thought that was very well done. Yeah, I mean, like, going back to the whole, like, I was a teenager at one point in my life, um, it's, like, kind of doing, like, I get the whole rebellious thing, which is an excellent point, um, but, you know, you kind of, like, till, you know, like, the whole, like, you can sell your parents out, like, the parents don't normally sell your children out, but it's she's, like, turned into a threat. That's how it, I took away from this. Like, Lita will sell her out down the line like it feels like you know she's very conservative she's okay i feel like she's okay with the arranged marriage like everything going on but you know again that's just like my point of view and what i took away from the episode 
um yeah she was sad about it but i don't know i just feel like it was like a big premonition of what's to come yeah for the youtube version here i'm gonna throw up a fun tweet that i found on here this is from uh capro dent on twitter we should start the GoFundMe to save Leah from child marriage and Mon Mappa's misery. Raise those four hundred thousand dollars credits ourselves. <laughs> Pete, would you donate? Sorry, I, I can't find the mute button at least once a show. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, uh, I I would. Why not? I mean, this listen, it's it's for for a good cause, right? Yeah. Uh, Nick, how about you? You you chipping in five uh, five credits? Um. No, I want her to do the marriage. <laughs> There's a reason you run the ISB here. I want her to do the marriage because then she will get the money needed to form the rebellion, and then I think we have a chance. Okay, so you're saying we like my Mothma's daughter is screwed. The rebellion is more important than anything, anything else. Yes. Okay, so we see that he's in the Luthan side of the, of the scale here. That's right. So I should just call you the Luthan of the podcast from now on here, but... We'll go ahead here. I think the, we'll go now to, to our favorite character, Pete Karn, because Karn, as we gets, I think the worst possible like Zoom reception ever for his phone call from his his uh, old uh, Primor buddy. Mm-hmm. He's like calling him from like I think more land of one. He's like like so funny. This part of the scene, he's like, "Hey, what's up, dude? What's going on?" And like, like, he's cutting in and out. He's like, "I have news on Andor," and this Pete's in. He's like, "What's going on, with Andor?" He's like, "His his mom died. She might come back." So I thought this was a very funny way to like see how this was going on here and. Like, I just felt for I did want this the one time my wife felt bad for Karn because like the one, he's looking forward to this message and the reception screwed him. Yeah, this is like a really bad Verizon commercial. Uh, <laughs> you hear me now? Uh, it was. Um, I don't feel bad for him. He just doesn't know how to let things go. I, I think that's that's his issue, right? I mean, that's something that we can clearly see over the the show and, and the eleven episodes that we watched. He, he can't let anything go, and even the mother at this point's like, "Oh, great!" Like another thing that he just can't. Yeah, just has to keep coming back up about it. I mean, it's uh, it's it's funny hearing people say they feel bad for him. I I I cringe because like I don't. He's doing it all to himself, right? He's doing it all himself. He's being a creep, right? He was a creep to Dedra. To be clear, I said I feel bad about his reception being bad. I feel bad about him. Oh sure, yeah. So (laughs) I I don't either. It's Star Wars. There's technology all over the place. If they can't figure out reception in between planets, they they got to figure that out. Get build more towers. I don't know. Uh, I I uh. See, there's so much stuff that happens in this episode. It's going to be difficult for them to do this under an hour because you know damn well that next episode is going to be under an hour because they don't do anything over an hour. Um, and even if it was, it's to accommodate credits, not actual content. So I, I have a funny feeling this is going to be one of the uh, story arcs that needs to go into to, uh, to season two. I feel like we're not going to get much about this after. Um, overall, a good scene. It sets it up nicely. Um, but more than that, I mean, it's just kind of, don't know what to expect further. Yeah, Nick, were you expecting to see this pre-warp guy back again? The other dude that he was that he worked with? I was not. But you ever notice, like, this is not the only time we get bad reception. You ever notice, like, the holograms? Yeah. Like, when, when they're sitting in the Jedi Council, they're always buffering and stuff. Yeah. Like, you'd think all this technology, they could figure out how to get, like, this is stuff that we have in real life. Yeah. And they don't have it in, in this when they have, you know, the Death Star. <laughs> They don't have it they yet. Don't, they can't. They can't figure out the reception on the Zoom call. Well, that's why all the all the all the budget went to the Death Star. That's probably why they can't. They can't figure out cellular service. And those prisons clearly aren't building Zoom stuff. They're clearly building like widgets for like ships and stuff. Even when Yoda's on Kashyyyk in Revenge of the Sith, and he's sitting at the council, like, 
First of all, I always found that ridiculous because they need to find a chair that matches the exact <laughs> chair that's in the council. Otherwise, it's not going to look right. I always found that to be ridiculous. Probably. But that reception is always horrible. Yeah. But uh, Karn, yeah, I think Pete is right. There's there, We're getting too many storylines are coming together here. And I, I, this reminds me, we, we said this once before. We said this when there was one episode left for Book of Boba Fett, and we all know how that turned out. <laughs> I don't think this is going to turn out the same way, cause especially because I know we have another season, but right. we have said this before, where we're like, how are they going to solve one, two, three, A, B, C, and D in, call, let's call it 50 minutes? That's, that's probably about right. Honestly, that's probably a little generous, 45 minutes. I think I think a fi- I can see like it's being like a fifty-seven. It's fifty-one without credits. How how mad would you guys be if you turn on next week Disney Plus and it says thirty-six minute runtime? Wow, <laughs> <laughs> I would. You'll, you'll get the text from me, right? Is that, do you go off that at all? Do you use that at all? I yeah, do. It, I do. I, I use it to plan out my day because sometimes I try to watch it during my lunch break or sometimes like, all right, do I have time before? And it, you, you give me the heads up immediately. It's like, okay, I have this much time to watch it. There's about six or seven minutes of credits because God forbid we don't thank every single person on planet earth. Um, and then I, I go by that, but like I, I would be just enraged if I saw a 36 minute episode and it was like, tune in next year, or two years from now, I, I would be absolutely enraged at the show. This, the stock in the show will drop for me if they do that. Yeah, I don't think they'll go get that one year. But Sam, I do want to end on the first of all, before I get to this next point, like your thoughts on Karn. We haven't heard from you about Karn yet. I literally hate the guy. I love his mom <laughs> that just like literally like makes fun of him all the time. I'm like, God, thank God for Karn's mom. Um, he's just like a nuisance. He's like one of those like goody two shoes in school that would like always rat on other kids for like doing something kind of wrong but not hurting anybody he's an he's like attack he, yeah he's a narc it's the worst like i don't know if you guys watch recess yeah. yep like from you know, randall the kid who always like would rub his hands together <laughs> like he's like a randall i was i kind of want like to see where he goes maybe there'll be a redemption arc for him but other than that like i hope they don't waste a single minute on him for the episode they kind of just forget about him because you know the storytelling this episode wasn't that great so maybe they could just loop him out yeah but anyway like you're right he like i and he, his mother is great i love i love the only jewish mother in star wars so i love having <laughs> her on the show and i do think here to sort of build on what happens here with him at, at once he hears andor his mind sort of goes like Phew. And he's, like, off in his own thing. And we see at night, apparently, like, and keep in mind, Sam, this is a guy, apparently, he's living at home rent-free with his mother, like, helped him get a job, helped Uncle Harlow at this thing. Apparently, he's going to ditch work and steal credits from his mother to go fly out to Ferrix to go see, uh, go catch up with Cassie here. I mean, like, this dude is, like, really messed up in the head. Yeah, he's going to get, like, his mom's going to come get him and, like, beat him up and bring him back home, like, pull him by his ear all the way home. Nick, if that happens, that's got to be a meme. If that happens, I'll, I will, I'll promise you that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's it for Karn here. Get to the, I think the best stuff here, Pete, this week was Luthen. I think Luthen was by far the highlight of the episode. I think the scene was the highlight of the episode. I, I lost a lot of interest in Luthen when he just completely got schooled by Saw Gerrera. I like, he just, he just got schooled that, that one episode. And I was just like, okay, this guy has no leg to stand on. And it just, it, this, this week he redeemed himself a little bit, I have to say. And he kind of played saw, um, 
but let's be real. If if and we'll talk about the 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 scene, you know, really soon. If 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 Saw wanted to, he could have ended Luthen right then and there. I don't think there was there was any doubt in my mind about that. So, um, I think best scene for sure. I agree with you, but I don't think it was because of Luthen. I think it was the best part of the episode that was the Luthen stuff. I think in general, yeah. that and the, and the space chase. I would I would agree with that. I would. Yeah. So Nick, let's start here when Luthen goes. He went back to meet up with Saw. Saw apparently decided, well, I'm in. I'm going to go with uh with uh what's the guy's name? The uh, pilot, Krieger. We go to Krieger to try on this mission and and saw and Luthen basically tell him like, hey, you know, like we can't do this. Like we have a mole and basically says like we can't do this. Like they're gonna know something is up here. We can't risk losing you. I do think it was a fun sort of back and forth between them. And then at one point, my I think the funniest scene in the entire show was like when Saw basically calls out Luthen and says like, hey, do you have a spy here? He's like, yeah, my buddy Tubes over there is the is the spy. And then you see Tubes like basically like subtitling saying nonsense. Like yeah, like we talk all the time. That got me laughing. That was funny. I'm very interested in this Krieger character because he's from the, um, he's a Confederate. Okay. He's a separatist. So I found that interesting because we're led to believe like the good guys in the prequel era are the Republic. Then the good guys in the original trilogy era, era are the rebels, right? Yep. And the bad guys in the prequels are the, you can, are the separatists and the bad guys are the Empire. But we have people who are good who become bad, like Vader stormtroopers or clone troopers whatever they were but this is kind of the opposite so if you think about it the separatists were against the republic so they're probably still against the empire too right yeah i assume so you probably have a lot more than just this guy people who are in the separatist alliance who are now part of the rebels and then and we've never seen that before from like a character so that I, I i want to get to meet this guy yeah we'll see if we meet him at some point here but See, I would look at the dynamic here between Luthen and Saw this time. Because remember the first time they met, like, Saw basically schooled Luthen here. I think Luthen got back a little, guys grew back a little bit. Yeah, um, I like Saw. He's, like, I like how unhinged he is, if that makes any yeah. sense to everybody. Um, I feel like Luthen hasn't shown his, like, he always has the cards close to his chest, of course, but. Um, I feel like he just knows when to pull out the stops, and I think this week he pulled out his listen, like, I know what I'm talking about. I know what's going on. You know, like I'm in charge. I'm here to protect as well as like move this rebellion forward. Um, but you know, appreciate Saw's crazy eyes all the time. So, yeah, I did think it was also fun, Pete, where like, so after Saw accuses Luther of being a mole, like for the ISB, he's like, Hey, like if I was a mole, I would have just sent you on the mission. You would have been dead. So like that would, that would have been very easy for me. And then he basically says, you know, like, we have to play the long game here. And Saw Christ is like, we're playing war. We're not playing a long game here. So Saw always has his eye on the prize. Yeah. I uh, I think Luthen was smart in, in, in doing this. I, he could have just said that earlier. I don't know why it took him a gun on Saw to say like, oh, by the way, if I was really ISB, wouldn't I just tell you to go anyway? Like that could have been the very first thing out of his mouth. But that's that's on the writers. That's not on Luthen. I, uh, I love Saw Guerrera. I love that character. I, I agree with Sam. I think he's unhinged, but I, I think it's like controlled chaos. I think he's still very in control of being unhinged. If that makes any sense. Yeah. He knows how to use it to his advantage. He isn't at the point yet of rogue one where he's just completely just whacked. He's just, he's done. He's his mind's not there anymore. He's pretty much dead because he's on so many different machines walking around. Like he's, he's at his prime in my opinion in this show. And to see that live action, like I said, previous is phenomenal and i just still love how there's still so much danger for luthen 
going into Saw Gerrera's kind of like den. You can, like like he says, like I can have you dead in like two seconds. So either way, you want to do this, you can. You're going to be. You're not walking out here alive. Um, Luthen was very smart to play it this way. I think Luthen played to Saw's strength of this is war, people are going to die, don't worry about it, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and he kind of had that attitude with Mon Mothma too in the be- the beginning of the series. I probably want to say episode three or four that yeah. comes up, maybe a little earlier, maybe two. Um, so I think at least it stays on brand with Luthen, but I also think that Saw can still. You know, consp- you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Set something up where he doesn't trust Luthen. Like I feel like Saw's not going to trust Luthen forever, and there's going to be some sort of conflict there. In terms of your point about like Saw, like not leading with, I mean, Luthen not leading with the whole I could have had you killed. We don't get. I think as a story, it's like okay, we don't get this joke, the uh, scene with him like, calling out tubes as his mole. I thought that was that was funny. I thought it was worth it. Oh yeah, I, it it makes sense. I just I I try to think of. Uh, is a stupid of me because it's a Star Wars, but I try to think of more reality in a conversation between two people. <laughs> show has been more of a reality check to Star Wars than any other ones, right? We're talking about seeing normal people interact. We're seeing like people trying to overthrow a government they don't like. It's 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 it hits it, it doesn't it hits to a, a a point in our in our personality of okay, we can relate, right? Because we're actual humans dealing with conflicts in our lives, right? So for them to break up a normal conversation to have comedic relief to me is like, oh, like you could have just said that earlier, but I get it. I understand why they did it. I think it was still funny. I still understand why it's in there. Uh, I just like being a pain in the ass. Yeah. Well, you are the silent cow of this panel. Yeah, sure. Except <laughs> I'm not really good at music producing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, in terms of the mindset. Sure. Yeah, I, I, I like to uh, play as devil's advocate and, and try to try to stir the pot. Yeah, and then Sam, we see as he leaves, he gets basically, Luthen leaves on his ship here. We see he gets caught by the Empire. He tries to sort of lie his way through it. He has a ship that gives him a, a transponder code. You guys are going to board him. He has the brilliant maneuver to, he's going to lie up his ship in position. He basically dumps all his garbage straight back and uses the tracking as a projectile to destroy the dish. And then you apparently, you finally get the scene from the trailer where we see the, Ship with the laser beams on the outside, cut up uh, typewriters where it gets away. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, no. Um, again, like I know Luthen's smart, but sometimes I feel like it's classic Star Wars. Like you know, they're smart until they're not. I feel like that happens a lot with certain characters. But um, that was actually it was exciting. I was uh, my heart raced a little bit that he was going to get caught and the whole thing was going to go kaput. You know, we all know what happens with Rogue One, but. Um, yeah, it was uh, interesting. It was like, oh, he just perfectly with his like droid knew how to like maneuver everything. So that was kind of like, you know, classic Star Wars gets out of a jam at the perfect time. And, you know, the Empire's like, oh, curse you. You got away again kind of deal. But it was it was cute. I liked it. it was like more classic Star Wars. Nick, what did you think of this scene? Um, it felt out of place, but it was very cool. Would you agree with I, that? I, I mean, the first thing I thought was like, this is like episode 11. We probably got something we've seen. We saw in the trailer. We haven't, we hadn't gotten that yet. It just, it seems like it wasn't necessary. And they put it in because they were like, we got to have some sort of action in this episode or else people are going to fall asleep. But I, I didn't mean I didn't like it. Loved it. I mean, those, um, those, those, I guess, Star Destroyers, that was a concept. Star Destroyer from the original trilogy. I believe they were in solo too, I think. I don't think so. I thought there was, I thought I remembered it from solo. I thought I remember like the concept of the dish. 
Uh, maybe I'm incorrect, but I didn't think so. All right, well, that's that one here. I think we should go back to Cassie's story to sort of wrap this up here because we do see Pete that like he and Melchi are hanging out on uh on Space Miami Niamos, and they get he tries to call back home to like try and lay a message to Marlon though he's okay and all that. And I do think it was funny that the guy there was like just so confused because like he got guys he knows that Marva died and Cassie doesn't. He's trying to like relay the message and Cassie's like no names, no names are being listened to. So I thought like this was like heartbreak for Cassie to get this news over like an intergalactic transmission as about like as like finding out like he's trying to get home and it's too late. Yeah, it, it is. And I think this is going to be the start of him trying to get back home and have the finale. Um the guy who was trying to give the message, is he dumb? Like he said three times, don't use my name. He's like, Oh, but Cass. He's like, Stop, stop saying my name. <laughs> don't need to say my name. You know who it is. Stop. Uh, he just he couldn't get it. Uh, this is this is the setup, right? This is the setup of the possibility of Andor getting to Ferrix by next episode. Um, this is how the news is is broken to Cassie, and I think that's fine. I think this was done in an appropriate way. He was in prison. He just got out. He tried to make contact at home. How else was he going to find out, right? I think this is a good way to do it. Um, I have one gripe about this part of the episode that we'll get to later after, after the, the whole conversation with this friend. But, um, but yeah, it was a good scene or a good part of the scene. Excuse me. Yeah. And Nick, we get to the end here. We see that he and Melshi are just like meeting up here. And Melshi gets a point like, Hey, like we've gotten so far here. Like we have to double our odds and split up because we have to try and make sure somebody gets out and gets the message across about what's going on here. And the atrocities their, their empire is committing here. So good character more from Melshi. And obviously it makes sense that like, we don't we like Melshi is not tied to the hip of Cassie and throughout row one. So nice to sort of split them up, send them the wrong way a little bit. Yep. Um, he's right. Double your chances of getting someone to know, although it's not really going to do much because if you tell someone, and even if it's someone big and they try to get it out on the press or the news or whatever it is, Palpatine runs all that stuff. So it's not going to, it's not going to happen anyway. But did you notice that the last shot of the episode was exactly the exact, Shot right when Cassian dies. Yeah, I was going. I, I was going to bring that up here because I was going to say yeah. that too because it's, that's a great shot where they're on. A no gin line. though. No gin. He's on. Unfortunately, unfortunately for Pete, it's character draft. No gin. No gin. We have Mel Sheen him looking at at the at the sun, basically at the, at the at the horizon there at the sun. It's eerily similar to the shot we got at the end of Row One where uh, Cassian and Jaren's waiting to die from the shock wave from the Death Star laser. So, what do you think of that like way to close the episode, Sam? I was very like poetic. Um, I've been like trying to put the two and two together with Rogue One and Andor. Um, but going back to what we were talking about with the call, uh, with his name is Zan, I think, yeah. with an X or whatever. Yeah. Um, it was like I didn't mind the way he was saying it. It's like when you're trying to tell a friend because you know they were friendly, they grew up together. Like bad news, regardless of you're over. You're overwhelmed with emotion. He's overwhelmed with emotion. But I feel like this might be the straw that severs, you know, Cassian's, like, emotional ties to anything. So I feel like that was, like, his big character development. I mean, I don't know. I don't want to, like, go too far ahead, but I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't show up at Ferrix. I know he will, but then again, I wouldn't be surprised if he never shows up. Yeah. It's just because he knows it's going to be a big Big deal. Plot. Yeah, he's going to know. He's going to know they're like, oh, all those people are going to be there to see me because I'm the star. I'm Cassian. All right. So I think that's a good place to leave the episode here. Now let's get to all of our stuff we do at the end of the week here. Nick, this week I didn't remember the character draft board, so I happen to throw it up on the screen here. Sam, prior to the season, we, Why? Able, 
we do a draft every year of like which which characters are going to show up here and big surprise here all goose eggs right now in this in this draft here so my team again bail organa c3po and director krennic uh, Nick has Palpatine, General Draven, and Ahsoka. <laughs> Pete took Jyn Erso, Harrison Duel, and Agent Callus Latitude from Rebels here. So there's a good chance you get to the entire season. No one gets a point. <laughs> I like this. This is fun. There's usually stakes tests where usually the winner gets a Funko Pop. I mean, Nick twice has gotten the Funko Pop. So yeah, it's not as fun as you think, because Nick just keeps winning. I keep coming last. It's not, it, well, I didn't come last last time, but of course, his friend's like, no, I think Nick wins this one. It, <laughs> crap. Um, I would just put Jar Jar Banks on all of my things because he's the most absurd person to ever have on any show. And I low-key root for his arrival just in the background somewhere. So I would always get a zero. So if it makes you feel any better, it would always bump you up a whole entire person. Yeah, because last place had to... across the board. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah last place <laughs> had to pay for the Funko Pop. So last time it was me because I, I got like one point in the Obi-Wan draft, so... Oh, ew, okay, yeah, no, would not want to be part of this. Then if I have to pay for everybody else's successes, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, loser pays for the winner. Second place just does nothing. <laughs> yeah, second place just has no action. All right, that's the character draft. We'll see you next week. We'll have a discussion. So, Mike, I've noticed, and, you know, it's funny. You always say when we do the character draft, you say every year we do the draft as if it's like a – like a, like the NFL draft, <laughs> and you mean you mean every show, but every single time you say every year. Well, I mean this is every this is we have done it every year. The podcast is one year. You're right. We've done it every year. We've done it multiple times in a year too. Yeah, <laughs> it's like saying first annual. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so this is this the triannual draft. Uh, do you think that's fair to say? We'll get three shows a year. I think that's the target. That'd be nice. All right. So next up, you'll get to our trackers here and. Nick, once again, no Hondo this like this week on this show. I don't. This is not the show, but like, can you imagine like when you get the Ferrex next week? He just happens to be like one of the Paul Bears at Marvel's funeral. Yeah, I actually think I figured it out. Yeah. I think Hondo is with Bosk. <laughs> I think we're going to get them together when we get them. That's where. That's why we haven't seen them because they're together, and that halves our chances of seeing one. Yeah. Yeah, Sam. Hondo's have been a running joke in his podcast for at least like a year and a half. Oh, very, very funny. Yeah. Well, we know one day he's going to show up, but <laughs> we you. don't know when. That's why the tracker is alive every show. <laughs> All right. Next up here in terms of the trackers here, animated cameos, Pete. We got up to two now because Saw Guerrero came back. Yeah. Uh, at least something's getting picked up, right? I mean, we the character drifts are all zeros across the board. Uh, yeah. So Saw Guerrero got a I feel like maybe we'll get him in the third, uh, third time for the last episode. Um. It's kind of wild that's coming out of the last episode to see if anyone gets anyone in their character draft. <laughs> it's intense. Yeah. Yeah, I do think in terms of the cameos here, Sam, we do have nine live-action cameos this season, but this is why we all have zero points. There are two from Colonel Yularen, two from Mr. Tutus from this episode, and then uh, our pal Melshi got like four of them who was with Cassie in prison and the guy I mentioned earlier. So that's our cameos. We're not getting anybody oh, big. The guy you mentioned earlier, the, the other partisan you're counting? Yep. other partisan is counts as there. Okay, yeah. I added one from Melshi in two tubes, so we had we had three this week. Okay, cool. Wow. Yeah, Sam, the first time we I saw two tubes, I forgot where he was from. I was like, oh, yeah, that's the guy. Yeah, I probably would have forgotten about him, to be completely honest with you. That's why I, look, I go on like on, on the Google after every episode, look up Easter eggs. I have his information available to me. That's very helpful. He's very helpful here. Uh, Pete, still on nine planets here. We are at 
More, we're still the same nine. We are not adding new. I don't think we're adding any more this season. I think that's fine. I mean, nine planets in, in 12 episodes, even if it goes the whole season, nine planets, I think that's huge. I mean, there's there's been how many how many shows that have been on like a one, two planets max? Yeah. So yes. it's a step forward, a huge step forward. Like Book of Boba Fett. No, let's not <laughs> let's not do this. Yeah. Small, small chance. It's like it's like like you know, I'm assuming Cassian will win and then he'll you know, they'll go somewhere else. Somewhere like like Thanos when he looks out into the farm. But I think he would just go back to that same planet if he did. The one what's it called? Niemos? Oh, I just I keep calling it Space Miami because when Nick Delezio called it three. That's ago. where I think he <laughs> would go, but I do maybe he has some sort of Thanos farm out there. All right, well, <laughs> we'll put that out here here. Nick, no classic lines, but we do get this big brawl at the funeral, so you might get a Wilhelm scream. Yeah, that's if I, if we get it, that's where I think it'll be. Yeah, so no classic lines, and if we don't get one, you retire the track of season two of Andor. Yeah, probably. Yeah. No, 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 because we've learned from Mandalorian that season one is always your intro season, and season two is going to be. I'm ex- I'm expecting Hondo in season two, and all these guys. You're expecting Vader and Palpatine in season two. I'm expecting Vader and Palpatine. Expecting Hondo. Expecting Obi Wan. I'm expecting Luke. Boba I'm Fett. expecting. I'm expecting Maul and Bo Katan. I'm expecting all of them. It's a big cameo party season two. That's what I'm expecting. It. Mace Windu. Everyone. All right. Oh yes, Mace Windu. That'd be great. Back from the dead. Just triumphant return. Yep. Just ghost it. Yeah. We see Force Ghost Mace Windu consulting somebody on Andor, Nick. <laughs> All right, and last but not least here, Sam, we keep track of how many kills Cassie Andor has over the course of the show because we went back and watched Rogue One. We said, oh, we killed a lot of people indiscriminately, so we'll just add him to the list here. So he's killed nine people so far here. I feel there's wow. a chance this is going to get added to in the finale here if we have a big brawl on uh, Ferex during this funeral. I feel like he just, like, takes names after he murders everybody. Um, I'm going to guess, like, five extra people. So let's say we end up 14 kills for Cassian. Hmm. Yes, yeah, 14 for Cassie and the Pete. He's still no chopper. I don't think anyone's going to beat chopper. <laughs> I think chopper has, was it at like 50 grand? How 50, many people? 50,000 plus. Yeah. I, I just, <laughs> well, you don't, you don't think Luke Skywalker has more than chopper. I think Luke does. Cause Luke blew up, a, Luke blew up like a death star. Yeah. Do we right. have the, the capacity of the Death Star? Like how many? And Lando, too, because you need Lando credit for the second Death Star, right? The second one was a fully built, though. It would still be more than 50,000, I think. I would, th- I would think. I have no idea. Yeah. And Sam, for the uninitiated here, Chopper is the droid from uh, Rebels, and it, he is a potentially a murder people early in the show's run. I think in season two, he managed to cre- like cause three ships to explode in space. So that was how his kill count got so high. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> Damn, Chopper. Yeah. I guess people have a lot to aspire to be. Yeah, he's coming to Ahsoka's show, so you'll see Chopper in live action soon enough. Oh, that's exciting. And he does According make- to Star Wars reference books, the population of the original Death Star was close to 1.7 billion people. So Luke has the lead. <laughs> that also is, is one point seven one million. 1.7 million, okay. 400,000 maintenance droid and 250,000 civilians. So I'm not really sure what they were doing. Maybe they were taking a tour or something. Was this the Enter- was this the Enterprise Next Generation where they're just like having school kids on the plan- on the ship? Uh, yeah, I'm not sure about that. And then I'll try to find something about like Death Star Two if I could, and I'll in- I'll interrupt if I get it. All right, 
while you look that up here, we're going to go ahead and next go to our MVP and LVP board. We're going to, every week, we grade the best and worst characters of the show. We get them points. So here is the standings after 10 episodes here. Cassie and Andor are on top of the board at plus eight. Then at plus three, you have a three-way tie between Luthen, Dedra, and Sinta. Plus tubes, Mon Mothma, Lieutenant Gorn, Saw Gerrera, and the Empire as a whole. Uh, plus ones, Marva Andor, rest in peace. Nemec, rest in peace. Kino White, rest in peace. I don't know. The plus ones are all dead, Pete. Wow. That's that's uh, that's a bad trend we have here. Yeah. Uh, Bix is at zero. Then the negative one section here. The two Stooges, Cassian kills in episode one. Gorn's lackeys from episode number five, like who wanted day off. Vel, Skeen, and Tay Kalva from me last week. And Davo from Nick. So we we hit the Mon Mappa storyline last week on that. Negative twos. Tim with two M's. One for each M in his name. And Lita and Commandant Bihaz from Aldani. Negative threes. Perrin, uh, Mon Mappa's husband, and Blevin. And last not least, Bureau Standards employee Karn bring up the rear at negative ten. So <laughs> we'll go ahead here. We'll start this out on the positive as we always do here. So Nick, give me your MVP. Okay. All right. Before I do that, I got the numbers here. Um... It looks like so. There's another source, so I'm going to average the two out. This other source says 1.1 million for the Death Star, so let's call it like 1.3. Call okay. somewhere between one and one and a half. And it says here, Return of the Jedi, Death Star two, two and a half million because they had all the contractors. Oh, so they kill all all, all the uh, workers. So all the independent contractors. Now, whether they're independent or not, they could have been hired by. They could have been part of the Empire. I don't know, or they could have been. You know. Sal's construction, wherever the guy was, and he just got hired by the by the Empire. They're we, unfortunately gone. So, are we sure this is not a situation like Qatar with the World Cup stadiums? I don't know. Very well, I don't know. The but they're saying two point five million for for Death Star Two. So that puts Lando as our top kill count. I unless Luke managed to kill one million stormtroopers in his day, I don't think so. This becomes like even crazier because then you can look at the Episode Seven with Star Killer Base. Whoever's responsible for that is also probably they just blew up a planet. Or Hassian Prime may have had more people. Yeah, well, I'll 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 look into that stuff. But Future my Boston. MVP, I'm gonna give it to Luthen. I think he was uh, pretty cool in the episode, and he kind of he kind of made Saw look pretty scared. He kind of made Saw look like a little uh, a little bitch. Honestly, <laughs> he made he he freaked Saw out, and that's saying something because Saw's a pretty legit character. Yeah, Saw owned him last time. Now Luthen got him back. Yeah. All right, Sam, you're up next as our guest here. Who is your MVP of the week? Who is the best character of the week? Well, I had Luthen as well, but I don't like copying or having the same ideas as everybody else. So, And I also didn't see him on your list, so uh, I don't ever expect an invite back on the podcast. But no, he was like there. Oh, never mind. You're talking B, about your other person. B. Oh, B2 Emo. Yeah, because he's just the freaking best, and I'm upset that he's never been on there. He's always been reliable for forever. I'm surprised he's never made it. I'm actually a little upset now that I let it sit in for a hot second. All right, so B2 Emo is making his debut on the board next week. Thanks to Sam. Yeah, so he deserves that. I'm going to put somebody else on the board here to to, to sort of add here. I'm giving Brasso an MVP point this week because, I mean, he's really had to pick up a lot of PC here because Cassian is, you know, off-world, making himself imprisoned here. Bix got herself arrested. He's taking care of the Marva situation. He's arranging her funeral. He's taking care of the droid. Russell did a good job this week, sort of setting everything else. I'm going to give him an MVP point. Pete, how about you? You're the last one on the MVP section. 
I like to pick Sal's construction. As <laughs> I, I have to say, I was almost in tears laughing because I just kept picturing a, a starship that said Sal's construction. <laughs> the Death Star. Um, I'm going to give the Empire. Uh, no, I'm sorry. This uh, that, was, that was for my LVP. Spoiler. Uh, my MVP <laughs> uh, is going to be um, Luthen. Uh it was a strong scene. I still think Saw Gerrera is still more badass and still has a plan and is not as scared as maybe people may think. Sorry, Nick, but Luthen still had a good play. Um, and I think it was, it was probably the best scene in the whole episode. All right. So let's go the other way. Now let's go to the LVP here. Sam, you want to start us out with who is the worst character of the week? Okay. So like, I don't think we ever got his name, but the freaking captain of the empire ship who was like, yeah, like what's your credentials? And, you know, he, like, waits and everything. Like, he's literally, like, the most, like, dumb character we've encountered in this. He's just standing there like a curmudgeon old neighbor. Like, I understand he is part of the Empire, but, like, I want his name, you know, his backstory, just so I can give him a specific, like, LVP stamp. Yeah, if you, I'll try to look that up in the meantime, but I think, for now, for you guys, the Empire is sort of the LVP. All right. Well, I'm going to want a name, to be honest with you, or else I'm going to have to change my answer. All right. I will try to look this up here. I'm going to, again, I think now this is probably going to be the fifth time in 11 episodes. I'm giving Karn the LVP point. I have to go back to the well on him again, because now is this dude, like, still obsessed with Andor. He is blowing off his job, which uh, they work very hard to make happen here. Like, Uncle Harlow worked very hard to get him a job. He worked very hard to get this job set up here. He's stealing credits from his mother, who's letting him live at home rent-free, and he's blowing off work to go on uh, Wild Goose. He said, Cassie might show up his mother's funeral. So LVP to Karn here. So another poor job in here from Pete, from him. And Pete, I think you said you want to do the Empire? Yeah. Uh, so I, I think the Empire, because I really don't think they even know what the hell they're doing. I mean, I, it sounds like they have a plan, but like I said, what is what are they, what are they expecting from this funeral? What is... What is their plan other than, oh, we all have them in one spot? It's like, yeah, they're all in the same town that you've been in for the past two weeks. I don't really know what you're doing, right? There's nothing different other than they're going to be in a room or a, or a certain part of the town, right? Um, and then on top of that, the, the character that Sam wants the, the name, uh, very adamantly she wants the name of who was just like, hey, give me your credentials. He was just dumb and just kind of played into the whole dumb empire kind of uh, stigma of, of Star Wars, so I have to give them the LVP. And Sam, I did look it up here. It's Imperial Captain Elk. He's the he's the guy running the ship. Oh. Perfect. I want the LVP Elk. Yeah, specifically. Cap- Thank Cap- you. Yeah, he's like the Elk's Lodge. Oh my God, just call him like Deer. I don't know. Just make <laughs> stupid is not even a word, but I'm going to use it for this Elk. All right, <laughs> Nick, your LVP. It pains me say it and i think you know who i'm gonna say because i root for this character karn i do i root for karn i'm waiting for the <laughs> redemption because he obviously sucks like there's no there's no way to say he doesn't but i keep thinking okay now he's gonna gain now he's gonna gain our trust now we're gonna start liking him this is his low point this is but he gets lower every week it gets lower every time. I'm waiting for it to turn around where it's like, okay, I can get behind this guy because I, I really still believe it's going to happen. But now, when? I mean, I'll tell you the exact moment when he got the LEP for me was the fact that he stole he took the money. He took the yeah. money. I mean, he has a job. He's not paying rent. Why is he stealing money from his mother? Nothing 
nothing was bad that he did, and I was not even considering the LVP for him. And I go, all right, he's safe. I know Mike won't give it to him. I mean, he's definitely safe. That I saw him do that, and I was like, oh god, here we go, minus twelve now. <laughs> Yeah, you knew as Wait. soon as you saw that he was getting. I do feel bad for him because I, like I said a thousand times, I I do think he's going to take an upward turn. That might be season two, uh, maybe. Hopefully. But not only did he steal money, he like hid, watched his mom leave, and then stole the money. He didn't even have the audacity to just like take the money in front of her. Everybody, I'm sure she know like gave him the safe combination, but he like hid like a little coward. Yeah, like it's basically it's a bitch move. Truly. Yeah. All right. So that's the LEP sex here. Karn running away with that category this season. So <laughs> now we go to the grades week. So we're going to grade each episode on a scale of one to 10. One is it is worse than 1978 holiday special, which we covered last year on the holiday special for our podcast year. 10 is the greatest piece of Star Wars action cinema. Last week, came, I got three tens. It's not going to get three tens this week for sure. So I'm going to start out here. I'm going to give this a six. I think this was fine. I thought it was doing necessary setup work. And Luthan, I think, saves him being a four. I think without Luthen's story, I think it's a four episode. I think Luthen brings it two points up for me. So that's a four for me. and I mean, six for me. So Pete, you're great. Uh, I'm giving this a six as well. I think for me, it's kind of where the rubber meets the road. This is a lot of talk, right? This whole episode's a lot of talk, a lot of talk, but we're not actually going to see anything happen from that talk. Characters can say whatever they want, but if nothing actually happens, it means nothing to me in, in the long run. So I'm giving it a six because it's not terrible, but it's also not, Oh my God, this is the best piece of Star Wars I've ever seen. So even though it's not right down the middle, I'm giving it a little bit better because I feel like I've given worse episodes of five before. So I think it needs that little extra point. Uh, Nick, your grade. I'm going to go with a five. Wow, lower, um, lower than us. Yep. Um, so a quick question to you two who already answered because I know Sam is yet to go, but did yes or no? Did you like the episode? Was- we both go, yeah. Yeah, it's fine. Did the episode excite you? Are you more excited to watch the finale than you were at, let's say, 6 a.m. this morning? I'm not. And I think that's the job of this episode is to get me pumped for the finale. And it didn't do that. I'm actually terrified. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Like, I'm actually terrified for next episode. And I'll talk about when we do our predictions. Oh, well, you're going to be first on that. But Sam's also give her a grade here. So where are you going with your grade? So uh, before I watch this, because I worked all day today, um, I watch it whenever I watch something I'm always like oh that was that was pretty good blah 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 but the more we've talked about it the lower my grade has gotten so I said to Mike before I'm like yeah I'd probably give this thing like a six but honestly like it's bumped down to like a five and five and a half most because you know it was kind of a little too comedic in ways it shouldn't have been it was way too like like loosely tying up ends kind of like very quickly getting to the end of things. Uh, but I agree with Nick, like, you know, it does not get me excited for next week. Uh, the more it sits with me, the more I'm like, you know what, what, this is going to be a 36 minute episode and we're all going to be, you know, I'll be sending texts to some people tomorrow saying, or like next week saying, wow, you guys are right. You're right. It's going to be like a 30 minute little wrap up and we're just going to save everything for season two. I mean, it could be worse. It could spend hands up with Boba Fett riding a Rancor. Yeah, that's that's true. But like you guys gave last week's episodes all tens. I wouldn't have even given it all tens. I would have given it an eight. Yeah, you were you were on Pete's ball. Pete gave it the eight and a half last week. Yeah. How, how do you know we gave it a ten? I know. I like have you listened listen to the podcast, co-host. unlike our co-hosts. <laughs> <laughs> God. Michael but, also said it in this in this in- <laughs> 
show. He was just, <laughs> yeah, it was tens across the board. So <laughs> give that one to me, Pete. Okay. Yeah. Uh, no, but uh, yeah, no, it was good, but it wasn't great. Amazing. Like I wasn't like holy moly. Yeah. You know, Pete has a whole other show we got we cover. Not here, it's but fantastic show. Fantastic show. Yeah. All right, so that's it for the, for the grades here. Last but not least, our final prediction of the season, finale predictions here. And Pete, you said you got a doozy, so start us off. I am terrified that this finale is going to be everything we saw in this episode, and they rush through it in 40 minutes. I am terrified that that's what's going to happen because they have a lot more to talk about in season two because season two takes, what, the span of four years instead of one? Yeah. So I am absolutely, absolutely terrified that they are going to rush this finale under 50 minutes, try to hit all the points home because they have to do new stuff for season two. What I hope happens is that we have the Ferrix thing work out. There's a couple of storylines that they finally put a pin in and they say we're done, but then just tease the storylines of, let's say, Karn, Dedra. Um, I feel like the Krieger, right, is the, is the pilot. Yeah. I feel like the Krieger and the and the Ferrix uh, storylines are going to end. That's what's going to end in the finale. Like they're going to put a pin in those, and that's going to be it. But the rest of the characters are going to keep continuing, and they're going to tease that in the next episode. But I am completely terrified that they're going to rush through this. You will be more terrifying, Pete, than them rushing through this. Sorry, say that again. You will be more terrifying than them rushing this. Boba Fett shows up. The Cyberpunk kids show up. You know what? <laughs> If someone does a random spin move, if there's a, <laughs> a random spin move, even if it has nothing to do with the Cyberpunk Power Rangers, <laughs> it's, it, it's, it, it ain't it. All right? It ain't it. All right. So, Nick, your prediction. Copy and paste, Pete. I bring down, I agree with Pete. That's literally it. That's exactly how I feel. Except with Bosk. <laughs> So Bosk attends uh, Marva's funeral. Yes. Yeah, I think we've given up on dinner at Mon Mothman. Now he's just going to the funeral as a, as a mourner. <laughs> All right, so Sam, your prediction. I don't even think we're going to make the funeral. I think they're going to like lead it up, lead it up, lead it up. Boom. See you next year or see you in two years. So we don't... They're going to like bring everything to like a point. Boom, cut it and be like, stick around. I right, said so we don't even... like I feel like they did so well that this will just shit the bed. Excuse my language. Yeah, so you think they're just gonna drop the ball here? Definitely. All it's right. classic Disney. All right, so I'm gonna go on record. I'm gonna say that I, I I have not watched Game of Thrones yet. Sam is supposed to teach you Game of Thrones. You're working that off the <laughs> air. We're working out how it's gonna happen here. But I know there is a concept in the in the Game of Thrones world called the Red Wedding. And I understand vaguely what that means. I don't know who's in it, but I know there's a lot of people die at this wedding. <laughs> we're getting the red funeral here. We're going to have a lot of characters die at this fu- at this funeral here. I think we lose a bunch of the of the Ferrix people. At least let's he cuts Cassian's ties to the planet here. I think we have cows on the Imperial side. Nick gets his Wilhelm scream, and then things go completely to shit. So that Pardigrass has to report to Krennic and tell him what happened with this mission. That'd be great for you, huh? <laughs> I, I think I, they'll report to Palpatine. I, I think. <laughs> Report to Jin or so. so. <laughs> no, it's to Jar Jar Binks. I thought saying. you were going to say Agent Callus. And you said oh, Jar Jar. The easy. That was the easiest one. I just I wanted to throw Jin in there. But I'll tell you what, though, it's funny that you made the correlation to Game of Thrones because I feel like we that correlation a lot, especially with even characters that play. In, uh, excuse me, actors that are in this uh, show. 
And just the way that they've kind of done this is almost like Game of Thrones-esque. I, I don't know if it's going to be Red Wedding-esque, this funeral, uh, but uh, that would be wild. Uh, if, if You you said you haven't watched Red Wedding yet, right? I, right? Have, I haven't. Literally, we have had the same discussion off the air. She's going to help me learn Game of Thrones at some point. So. Did you finish, Pete? So I just finished the White Walker battle. Uh, but um, if you ever watch the Red Wedding, you're going to understand why that would never be in Star Wars. Just going to throw that out. No. <laughs> I mean, anything in the show would never be in Star Wars. Not even like something in the first episode would be. No, literally the opening scene would not be in Star Wars or the first episode. (laughs) No, agreed. Yeah, but I still think we're getting a lot. Isn't the opening scene of the first episode them making Bran watch Ned decapitate somebody? Yes. Yeah, I know that's the second scene. It's the first scene they're shooting bow and arrows, but that's the second scene of the first episode. That would never be in Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. He was like, don't look away. Father will know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like this, I guess I mean, you guys see people get beheaded on Star and Star Wars. I mean, Boba, I mean, Django gets beheaded in episode two. There's a, there's a difference when in Star Wars, it's just like, oh, there's a head and there's a body. And this is, <laughs> there goes everything. <laughs> it's very graphic. If you watch Game of Thrones and you get to the Red Wedding, you're going to understand the audacity of that scene. Yeah. The, it's, it's insane. It's absolutely insane. I'm going to say, though, the Red Funeral is happening. We're going to have a lot of deaths, and then I think Parker's got to tell Krennic why this all went to shit. <laughs> and and Bosk will be there, too, Nick. Good, good. As long as Bosk is there. <laughs> all right, so that's it for episode 10 here. Episode 11 here. A lot of fun. Sam, thanks for coming on here, closing out our guest recappers this season. A lot of fun. People, oh. want, people want to follow you on Twitter. How can I do that? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at S-D-E-R-O-S-6. Don't ask me why. I just decided to make it that way, not my full last name. All right, so follow you there. That's a lot of fun here. Pete, people want to follow you on Twitter. How can I do that? Uh, at PJConstory29, just depressed about the Rangers and how they're just so inconsistent. But other than that, I'm retweeting this stuff and all Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, Nick, you want to give, us, give the Instagram one more pop here? Yep, at Sky Guys Podcast on Instagram. I mean, you can follow me on Twitter if you want, but I'm not going to tweet, so there's no point. It's <laughs> Nick Fry underscore nine. So don't you know, follow Sky Guys, though. Yeah, we'd love to have you. Yeah, we'd love to have you here. You can also follow me on Twitter, mphillips331. It's M-P-H-I-L-I-P-S-331. This week, we're on the Justin the Suffering Podcast. We got ready for the World Cup. Martina Puccio came on. We did a full World Cup preview. Sam, first time I talked soccer on this podcast in like five years. Uh, I am so pumped for the World Cup. Like, I am planning my entire day over the uh, England-America uh, match, so. I mean, it's on Black Friday. You can do your all your holiday shopping while you're watching the game. Yeah, no, I'm literally probably going to skip shopping to watch the game. I'm literally, that's like me and my brother's thing. We watch the entire thing, as many games as we can. Yeah. I will be putting it on at work. I told my boss already. Yeah, well, that that sounds good here. That is all for this week. We'll be back next week. No guests next week. We I, we have a rule here on the podcast that the finales and premieres, it's just the Sky Guys, so you're going to get just us next week. But until then, may the force be with you.